I'm Dr. Lara Devgan. I'm a plastic surgeon in New York City, the CEO of Scientific Beauty, and of course, a major beauty enthusiast. You are listening to Beauty Bosses, where we chat with fellow industry leaders who are shaping beauty, fashion, wellness, and all things pretty. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited about my newest podcast guest, the awesome Joey Zazig. Thank Hi. you for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. So Joey is a model, a man about town, and an influencer. And we're going to talk about all of those different things today. I'm excited. Let's get started. Okay, I want to start with first things first. How do you, how do you be an influencer? Like what? What is an influencer? How do you get that gig? Because I have a lot of friends and patients and people I know who are dying to be just exactly like you. That's funny because the space has become so saturated, right? So I think that everyone's like, it seems so easy. It seems so easy, but like to be successful at it and to actually have a genuine following and to be getting deals and to make a living out of it, I think one of the biggest assets that you need to have is personality and. I think that that takes you a lot further than like everyone can take like a pretty picture. Anyone can hire a really good photographer, but creating a personality for yourself and kind of being in the right places and like networking and um, that's how you kind of get ahead. Like think about how many people we know with 300,000 followers or 60,000 followers, but it's like, who are they? You know what I mean? Like you don't really know them. Yeah. So they're not, that's not their living. It's like they're either fake ones who have bought their followers because they want to try and make this happen, which is not the way I do not. Yeah, we're going to get to that. We'll I'm going to that. ask you your tips. So, yeah. And then there's the people like, you know, me and my friends and people that are really hustling and doing it for a living that know how much work goes into it. And there's nothing I hate more than when people are like, oh, I could do that. It's just taking a pretty picture and like posing with clothes. It's like, no, honey, you need to work out every day. You need to visit you for a little bit of a nip and a thumb for a little something like you're always on it and then you have to work with a manager and sign with an agency and it's There's, also kind of more a sophisticated high level type of marketing it's really i mean i think about social media and the role that influencers play and it's it's really the newest form of marketing it's not like being a model at all that's why this is why we love each other because that's exactly what i say to everybody yeah. what you just said and I actually have a PR background. When I was at Tommy Hilfiger, right before I left, we had pulled all of our budget for traditional marketing and put it into digital and influencers. So, so that's, we are the new age of marketing. People are, you don't, when's the last time you remember buying something that you saw in a magazine? Right. And what kind of brand worth their salt would spend their whole budget on a TV commercial anymore? Like it's just over, right? Exactly. And now you have the instant of people looking at what we're wearing and it's easy just to swiping up and buying it so that's instant gratification and a return on investment for these brands that are hiring us and that's something that i and we'll get into that later but that's something that i hold is like when you have buying power and you have selling power that's like the most important thing to brands and that's something that i have (laughs) there you go that's awesome you have to know your value okay let's rewind for a second Did you study anything in school that would set you up for this? Or is this more like real world, street smarts, understanding people? This, I think to be in this position that I'm in, it's street smarts. But of course, I have a background in broadcast journalism and a minor in business. I always wanted to be on TV. It's still in the works. I'm only 26, so I have time. And that's been a dream of mine. 
but like my PR background has helped so much with this because understanding the other side has only made me that much more successful being on this side because I know how it works from the back end. Okay, and then now, once you left the traditional PR world, so you worked at some traditional places, right? Oh, yeah. Um, where did you work and, and then why did you leave? I've worked at Wall Street Journal Magazine as a fashion assistant, my first job, KCD, which is a PR agency, BPCM, which is another PR agency, and then Tommy Hilfiger was my last thing. So, like, Tommy Hilfiger was a mess. I mean, like, I liked working there and I liked the people, and but the way that I left wasn't, you know, easy and it wasn't necessarily like all good because I think that I was starting to do this on the side and people were starting to get pissed off in the company so I think in the end I kind of had an ultimatum of like what do I want to do do I want to pursue this or do I want to leave because they kind of made it that I couldn't do both Tommy himself like loved it he loved that like I had the personality and like I saw him out like my bosses didn't know this but I would see him at events and my best friend is friends with D his wife like and he would always be like, it's so great that you're so social. And like, that helped my career in PR. But the people that I worked with didn't understand that. So it was kind of like up to me to prove to them that like, this is like how you become good at PR. And this is what I was going to go full force with. Did you, was this your side hustle? Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, when you were still working at the big companies, were you trying to build your own following? Or did you quit and then decide that you were going to? start this was a side hustle and it kind of happened organically like I was hanging out with different people and I was getting tagged and then I saw the numbers start growing and then one of my best friends was like you should grow you should start curating your Instagram like start doing street style people are already interested at like 10k at that point like start doing it so I ramped it up as much as I could with having a full-time job and I started to focus on the content and kind of got the right people in my corner and then it blew up, and by the time I got to Tommy, I was, like, at, like, 40,000, all natural growth, and it was just, like, kind of was overtaking, like, I was getting really busy, and that's when I was kind of, like, okay, well, I could do both, but then when they started getting pissed off, I was, like, you know what, like, I think it's time for me to take a leap of faith, and I did, and that leap of faith helped launch, like, that week, I signed two three-month-long contracts that would, like, float me for, like, being, you know, okay with not having a full-time job. And then I just started – and then things just started rolling in. And that's the way I think life happens. If you really believe something and you take a leap of faith, like, the universe hears you and, like, they're going to – you're going to be okay. Yeah. And that's when my career, like, set off and things got crazy. And now I'm, like, doing the most. I know. So he's here – after having just done a GQ shoot and running around town and like he made it in the nick of time for our podcast. So. And I was on time. I'm always on time. But <laughs> That's right. I mean, in my wildest dreams, I never thought I'd be working with GQ and now they're shooting me for the magazine and online. And it's like, because influencers have become such a big thing and I'm one of the people that they want in the magazine out of three people. So in such a That's saturated so market, cool. it makes me feel really good. It's a dream come true. That's awesome. Okay, so let's take it back to when you were first starting your social accounts. And you mentioned something that I've heard a lot of people say, which is that once you hit 10,000, that's kind of when you become a blip on the radar screen. Um, How did you get your first 10,000 followers for people who are listening and thinking that this is something that they'd like to do? Well, the first 10 was like the hardest because you're you're like curating everything. And that's when I started like taking trips and going to like Nantucket and like anywhere I could just to get content. I bought a camera. Camera's very important if you want professional photos nowadays. I'll get into that in a second, remind me. But I started just 
getting the right photos and like figuring out the right angles and like using hashtags back then hashtags were huge so like men's fashion men's fitness like men's all that stuff and just getting reposted i will say still to this day reposting and getting reposted is the biggest way to grow so at that point i was this is embarrassing but I would send my photos like directly like from Instagram to like these big accounts like men's fashion blog and like ask them to repost me to get on their page and sometimes they did most of the time they didn't and now I'm getting reposted without asking which so so funny to look back um, and reaching out to brands that I wanted to align myself with and you know asking your friends who were doing the same thing which I was lucky enough to have really good friends that had been doing it for years before that that were like reposting me. Yeah, that's great. It helped me a lot. So let's talk about reposting for a second. Is there an extent to which you don't like reposting? Like, is let me explain further. Is there ever a situation where you feel like someone reposting you is kind of like, you know, taking advantage of your content or almost like, you know, you don't want them to be putting your images into the world because you worked so hard to make them? Or is it not like that because they're just improving your footprint? Right now, so it bothers a lot of people in my space. Yeah. But usually the ones that are bigger. So at this moment when I'm growing so fast, like, it doesn't bother me. I want it. I'm also not very caught up. Some people, like, are like, before you post a picture of me, let me edit it before. Let me see it. And I'm just like, you know what? It's going to be out there. You can't worry too much about who's reposting what. And, like, at the end of the day, it's kind of, like, no one owns the rights of this what Instagram does. So anybody is able to repost your photos, technically. Right. So I don't worry about it too much. I kind of like it. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know how to feel about it for myself because sometimes I think, sure, why not repost the image? At least I'm getting credit for it. But then other times I feel like it's it can be misleading. What we post, our worlds are different, right? What I post is my surgical work and before and after photos and things like that. And um, so sometimes there's an extent to which I feel like someone who's reposting that is trying to build their own brand based on my work. Um, so I don't exactly it's know how to feel It's tough for you because you're an influencer yeah. in, your own, in your own space, you know, among all these other people. So it's different for you because people are trying to use your work, which by the way, I'm going to say this, I would never let someone else touch my nose. And now I'm like obsessed with it and you did it. It looks but really other, good. And it looks really good. Awesome. People like I'm dying over it. I show people before and after. But anyway, that using your skill, because it is a skill, not anyone can just inject into a nose and make it look good or inject into the face and make it look good. Most people don't actually. So people using your images for their own up, because like they're gonna use like it's not like, like it's a it's... picture of me wearing a fashiony outfit, right? It's no, like, which it's... I guess I wouldn't care about, but it's a picture of something I did. But it's something that you're yeah. doing that's part of your career, which is yeah. that's something that we're similar in. But people are trying to use it to build their pages. Same with men's fashion posts posted a picture of me. Essentially, they are using that image to build their own page. Yeah, for but you, it's helping you. But also it's helping me too. You're in the image. For you, it's like shit. All these people are taking pictures of your work, what you're doing, and your skill which you're good at, but a lot of people aren't good at it, but people are going to be misled to think that this person posting it yeah. is good at it. So it's trickier for you, I feel like, for reposts. I feel like you need to be more careful. When did you start your social accounts? Way um, back when? Well, I had an Instagram before anyone did. And when everyone thought I was stupid, I was like posting like the stupid filters that I came with. And like, it's evolved so much since then. And then I always wanted like beautiful pictures. Like I was curious. I always had like, 
more followers than like people in college because influencers like weren't vloggers and stuff it wasn't a huge thing back then but amongst my friends I was just always a social guy like I am now so like I had like 6,000 followers in college before I even like curated my page and before it was then, even a thing before it was even a thing. Had, like, 100, right? exactly and I was getting like four to five hundred likes like if you look back on my thing like all my photos still got like a significant amount well now then, you'd be a micro influencer and then I'd be a micro influencer yeah. and now it's like you know the problem is I think that everyone's like buying and people are doing these things called like hitting giveaways all these girls are doing these giveaways so they'll go from like 18,000 to like 100,000 and like a day because they're they're on this account that has millions of followers like, go follow this girl if you do you'll win like a free laptop and then they lose all the followers so it's so obvious to see and it like drives me crazy because I'm like we're working so hard to like post twice a day and post every day and like I work my ass off to like edit my photos and stuff and like I feel like it's kind of like a cheap easy way out it's like yeah. a form of buying followers except not but more subversive form. Yeah, but it's crazy, like, the things people are doing. Yeah, so let's talk about that for a second. What are the, like, Instagram crimes that people are committing right now? Well, buying. You know what buying I just found out? Buying followers is so obvious, by the way, for those of you guys. And even in the medical aesthetic space, people who buy followers, you you see zero engagement on the accounts. It's, it's like embarrassing. Really, it's really embarrassing. Very and cringy. You, it's cringe. When you see someone with 20K, like I know some editors out there, you know who you are, and they have like 30K, but they're getting like 100 likes, and I'm just like, okay, no possible way in the world, there's just no, that doesn't add up, that doesn't make sense, because like the, mathematically, if you think about the 3% ratio, and if you do the math, your reach, it's just, it's it's crazy. I've seen some girls that I know by and they're like at events who I'm like oh like you just know and then like you will like look over when they're trying to show you something and you see like their story views for instance they're getting like 200 story views and they have 50,000 but I'm like this isn't real like there's no point in doing it if you really want to do it do the work that everyone's put in to do it don't take the easy way out because you're not going to book any jobs and you will not make a career out of it yeah so how did you get beyond that first inflection point from 10,000 to where you are now, which is oh my God. almost a hundred K. I just hit 90 K, okay. which is like a huge, like, so everyone give him a follow and get him to a hundred K. Let's get Joey to a hundred K. Hashtag Joey, get Joey to a hundred K. Hashtag at Joey Zauzik. So, um, give him a follow. He has the coolest street style and is really fun also, but, Thanks, but anyway, uh, tell me how you went from 10 K to 90 K. I don't know. Like, I just, obviously, I started my seriously, like, upping my content. And I did You a lot mentioned of, you're doing, so twice a day. Have you I found try that and do that twice a day. Yeah. I actually have found I've been growing more with really strong one-a-days instead of mediocre two-a-days. Like, I also did a lot of research. Like, I'm, like, a crazy, I'm not the most organized person, but I'm a crazy research type person. I went back on my own Instagram to kind of see, like, what's working and what's not what do people love and what do people not love and then I compiled it into like this like excel sheet and then I just kind of went off that and now I kind of really know what works so tell us what works tell, for tell me, everyone out there for what, me what people too. love you know I can admit this people like for me more skin but I'm not going to be a shirtless model but people like when I'm showing more arms more chest more leg if I'm wearing an outfit that has pants and a long sleeve shirt it better be dope and I better be showing some chest or a necklace or something people like up close photos of me the more up close the better a half body shot for really? me does oh my god a half shoddy a half body shot for me is like it will blow up 
Um, for me, people like poppy backgrounds. So like if I'm in an arcade or in front of a really cool cafe or, and I find really cool spots. People are always asking me like, you know, where are you doing this? And also I'm like a Photoshop pro. I don't want to do my own horn, but I'm really into it and I'm really good at it. And I, my edits are really cool. So people are always asking me to share like my editing styles and like I have presets on Lightroom coming soon, Jay-Z presets. But and you, um, you respond to a lot of comments, right? You're known for being really engaged with your followers. I try and respond to every single comment. I know this seems cheesy, but I really, I'm not just saying this, but I really do believe that having this big of a following, like... I want to do something with it where I feel like I'm connecting with people and I feel like people can come to me to kind of like ask me questions, whether it be about fashion or something like having a hard time at home coming out. Because I have, I see a lot of Midwestern followers and it's a lot of guys that are struggling to come out. I think they see me in New York kind of being my genuine, authentic self and they're kind of like, how do you do that? Like, how did it take you to like get there? And you know, it wasn't an easy road. Virginia. Virginia. Fairfax Station. Fairfax Station, Virginia. So what was the, when did you sort of come out and when, how is Virginia different from New York for you in terms of that? I kind of did my own thing and I was very lucky to have supportive parents. I had a hard time coming out in terms of school. No one at my school really, it was like I was always getting called out. I remember this one time at school, like you don't ever want your parents knowing you're being made fun of at school because it's, like, embarrassing. Yeah. And one time my mom was picking up from school and someone yelled out of the bus window, faggot, like, my mom heard. And oh. I just, like, what didn't want to talk about it. I was crying so hard because I'm, like, I didn't understand it and I didn't feel like coming out would help anything. I didn't feel like being my... So I was trying to hide it. I, like, made a fake MySpace of, like, a girlfriend that I had just, like, that went to, like, another school. Like, she didn't even exist. And, like just so people would think that I was straight. Because in the hallways, like, I got the most shit. And also guys hated on me because I was friends with, like, hotter girls. So guys were just like, why is he hanging out with all the girls? Because I was technically straight. So they were just like, he's definitely gay. Which, you guys were right, I was. But I wasn't ready. But it doesn't excuse that kind of... It doesn't excuse. And and being, like, and hearing it in the hallways and not having any teachers or counselors do anything about it was really kind of the hardest part of coming out for me where I live. So I understand even just being bullied in general. It's like, it was so hard for me, but I overcame it because like, you can't give a shit what anyone else thinks. You have to do your own thing and like, make sure that you don't let anyone making fun of you or having opinions of you derail you from your full potential. And that's what I never let anyone do because that's a lot of the reason why people don't reach their full success because they're too scared. They're too scared to be themselves. They're too scared to, I was the director of my fashion show, 11th grade, right after I came out. I was scared shitless because I was like, what are people going to think? A guy being in the fashion show, I was the only guy. And it did great things for me. I was the director of the fashion show. I was in a, presented a fashion show in front of 300 people. Like, that was big for me. But it was scary, and I didn't want to get made fun of, but I just decided one day, I was like, fuck it. Like, yeah. if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I really like that because that's also something that probably still rears its head in the in the world of Instagram and being an influencer, right? So how do you deal with trolls? And are you still in a place where people troll you? Yeah, I I am. And I don't share it often. It's very rare. Sometimes I'll share something if it's a positive feedback or positive criticism because I do really appreciate criticism. 
when it's constructive. Um, like if people are seeing something too much or if, you know, I use the wrong terminology, whatever it may be. But the people that, you know, people will take pictures from the internet of me from like BFA or like public photos and be like, you look completely different in person. It's like, okay, honey, like we all edit ourselves. I'm totally honest about that. Totally open about it. I like see a dermatologist for my acne scars. I'm very open about my struggle with that. It's my biggest insecurity. But like, and my voice, people like always either love my voice or they hate my voice. I like it. It's so, so, so fun. Yeah. Some people like it. Some people hate it. But I get, those are the two things that I think I get shit for the most. And they're just so happen to be my biggest insecurities. So it took me a while to, now to be honest to God, I do not give a shit because I'm doing well and I'm happy. And don't you feel like people would not be saying anything if you weren't doing well? <laughs> If they wouldn't not, care. It, it's they wouldn't care. No one's gonna be on your page doing it. The, the better you do, the more people have to say about it. And I hear things people say behind my back about my pictures and what I'm doing. But it's like, if I wasn't doing well, I think I would really give a shit. But the fact that I'm doing well, I'm happy, and I'm loving my life and what I'm doing and my friends. I don't care. I'd rather have three friends than. 50,000 fake friends and be sitting at a desk all day doing what I really don't want to do. And I think a lot of people struggle with that because they care so much about what people think. Yeah. Starting something and like we're taking the criticism and taking people's feedback when you don't ask for it. So are you self-employed now? I'm self-employed. That's LLC, awesome. Baby. Joey's <laughs> house, like for two years, almost two years. Okay, great. So let's talk about the nitty gritty of that. And this is sort of the how to be an influencer part of this podcast because there are so many people listening to this who don't appreciate all of the hard work that goes into it. But just from a practical perspective, do you have advice um, that you feel comfortable sharing about um, practical tips for negotiating um, payment? And how, how does that work? Are you getting, do you get paid to post things or? You know, My first thing is that. know your worth. Yes, I get paid to post things. I get paid to go to events. I get paid to do Insta stories covering that. And I get paid to create content or create decks or events and host things for different brands. So I'm kind of like doing a bunch of different things, which I made sure that I have. I'm dipping into a bunch it, of things. Is there a rough guide for like how much a post is worth for a given follower level? I'm different. I have less followers. I feel like I do make more money than people with less followers than me because I demand it because I know who's following me and I know my followers and you could have 50,000 followers from God knows where you posting a New York brand or something in the U S or like whatever, how is that going to help anybody? Like, but other than that, I, I think I, cause I love my friends. I hang out with a pretty cool group of people and my good friends are pretty we're all kind of telling each other, like, what'd you wear that night? Like, what'd you wear? Like, we're at social events and we're at these things where it's like people that matter are there. So like me posting something, the right people are going to see that. It's not just some like random people that you're going to get one sale from. It's like kind of like it spreads. And then you're talking about your event and the people, the publisher of WSJ, who I'm really good friends with. And like, for instance, and the, the director of whatever, what magazine and editor in chief, those are the people that are, spreading the word further than just you and I think that having those that base of following so it's not all about the numbers it's, it's not about, about the numbers the it's about the it's about the relationships and also the quality of the people following you 
and the the demographic because how many people have you come across and you're like, who is this person? They have 100, 200,000 followers. Guaranteed, if you come across someone that you've never heard of and you're like, they're not with anyone that you know, they, you haven't seen them on anyone's story, they don't look familiar, it's kind of like, who are they, where are they come? It's sketchy. And you're kind of like, do I want to hire this person just because they have a big number? Or do we want to hire someone because they're a cool person that's kind of getting the word out in other ways just on Instagram after a post goes live? Is Instagram really the hot platform, or do you see any traction or value in Snapchat, Facebook, you know, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever? I have a weirdly kind of high number on Twitter. Like, I don't know if people follow me on Twitter, but I never post on it. I'll repost, like, Instagrams. I used to be funny on Twitter, but I haven't. I need to start tweeting again. That reminded me. Um, Instagram, Facebook, I have a pretty high number of followers just on my page, like 3K, which isn't like that much, but it's still like significant. But Instagram's where it's at. Like everyone wants one spot and they want to just check that. Um, now IGTV is rolling out, which... Have you found much traction on IGTV? I haven't. I was so excited for it to replace YouTube and be like the new vertical cell phone YouTube, but I have been a little bit underwhelmed. I'm a little underwhelmed and I think that YouTube is just... They start IGTV when YouTube is blown up. And a lot of people don't know that, but YouTube is so hot right now. I'm actually starting my YouTube channel hopefully next week. And yeah, next week is Monday's the holiday. So YouTube's the hot spot. If you want to put your videos from IG, from YouTube onto IGTV, like I think that's fine. But right now at least, I don't foresee IGTV being huge, but no, no, no one thought no, Instagram was gonna yeah. be huge, so and now look at us. So I feel like it could be something. That's very cool. Are there any Instagram no-nos? Like when you see a post, what are the things, from someone who's an influencer or who's aspiring to be an influencer, what are the things that make oh you gosh. just cringe? I'm so glad you asked. I have so many no-nos. Like, so many. One of my biggest pet peeves is And this is, is like, coming from a kind place. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is coming from a very kind place. Okay. I just... I'm oh, doing this to help anyone ask okay. So I have a pet peeve with people's feet cut off in photos. Me too. I it hate makes it. you look short, it right? It makes you look short. Um, I think that if you're going to do an artsy photo and you need to pick the right height, and if you don't have the eye, you don't have an eye. That also is something about being an Instagram person, like an influencer. You have to have the eye. Um, over-editing. Oh, my God. Like, when people, like, I actually had a period of time I was over-editing the shit out of my photos. Now I'm looking back. I'm like, holy shit. But there's, you know, over-tanning yourself or over-graining yourself or over-detailing. Don't go crazy with the detail tool. One swipe over the product you're trying to detail is fine. It's just so obvious. And um, I don't like over-saturated photos. I... I don't like when people are negative on Instagram. I know it's going to happen, but I don't like when people are condescending and full of themselves because I see a lot of, like, Instagram, like, influencers being, like, oh, well, like, kind of, like, I'm the best type things. I don't like when people copy people, come up with something original. We all draw inspiration from each other, of course, but if you try and, like, duplicate the exact photo, it's, like, come on. There's rules. Like, if someone else does a photo, it's off-limits. In my book. Um, Although, isn't that hard? Because granted that I'm not like fully immersed in the street style world, as you may or may not know. But you totally there, could be. It might happen. 
It could happen. It could happen. We could be a duo. Really I know. We could be a duo. You have the following. After this podcast, you're going to start seeing some photos of me standing in the middle of the I'm going to hire my photographer. <laughs> she's going to shoot you. It's going to be bomb. It's going to be amazing. Um, but a lot of the street style photos are like someone wearing something cool standing on a street. Is that so? It looks like that. <laughs> to me, get those damn me, photos, to get those damn photos that look like we're just casually sitting on a chair, like walking in the street. <laughs> and that's one of the hard parts is making things not look too posed because people hate that. That was yeah. my problem for a while why I wasn't growing. And I've gotten more comfortable in front of the camera. My poses have gotten different. Um, I've realized how to frame something so it looks like less po There's nothing worse than a post photo, especially a sponsored post photo where you're holding like a Peroni beer and it's like, you know, there's ways you have to do it tastefully, man. Like, and it's, that's a challenge to do yeah, that. Yeah, totally. And to stand on the street, it has to be the right street corner with the right building in the background with the right, like sometimes I'll take a picture in front of a building. Like there's was one specific photo I thought was going to bomb because it was like, took me five seconds. That's embarrassing to admit, but I usually take a lot longer. I'm sitting on like an orange construction thing. I was wearing a Gucci hoodie, but that's not the point. Behind this like major like cast iron building in Soho, it blew up. It got like 4K. Like for me, that's pretty big right now. And you just never, you also just never know, but you do have to, it has to be the right street corner and it has to have the right aesthetic. So are you getting a photographer to take all these photos? Because you look so cool on your Instagram feed and they're obviously not selfies. So how are you getting all these photos? So I taught myself, I bought a camera, I taught myself how to use it. I took like an online, this is so embarrassing. I took like an online like photography. I know. <laughs> I took an online photography class, did not know what I was doing in the beginning. And I really put a lot of time and effort into figuring out how to use the damn camera. And like timer settings and stuff like timer that? Timer settings, and I have shot some time, some self-timer photos, but not really anymore. So basically I'll use, like if we were hanging out one day and you were with me and I have my camera, I see something I really like or that I want to frame that I think would be a cool picture. I'd have you stand there, move around a little bit, sit in the position I would sit in, set all the lighting settings, the f-stop, the shutter speed, everything, and then I would just have you stand in the exact spot that I was using to take it and snap the photo. Um, I do that with a lot of my friends and my boyfriend takes my pictures a lot of time. Like he's a good photographer, but you know, like everybody has Is he has a boyfriend them. of Instagram where he's like, oh, Joey again? Yes. He's like, oh God, but he's very supportive and he's very sweet about it. And my best friend, Cass, My husband will do that to me too. He'll be like, we just took this photo. But you have to do it and they have to understand that's a big part of your career, of everyone's career nowadays. So, and also my best friend, Kat Fressel, like she is, she works an influencer already. So she knows what's good and what's not. And she has been kind of like my biggest vehicle to getting the shot as we call it. And every time I shoot with her, we get the shot. And every time I post a picture that she took, it blows up. Like she just knows my angles really well. And finding a photographer you're comfortable with is like key to anything. Like you have to make sure that you're comfortable with who's shooting you because if you're not it shows through the camera to connect with the camera is tough there's some days where i'm like hung over i don't feel like shooting and i cannot connect to the camera and like if cat shooting me she's like you're not it's like blank face so I'm, give us some tips on posing like how do you find your angles what are some good poses well practice in the mirror we all do it i have to do it um everyone has a good side um i tend to shoot on my left side more and 
Well, do you like the three quarters view? Because I tend to think that that's flattering for most people, just from a plastic surgery perspective. Three, that's a rule of photography as well. It's very flat. It's amazing. And also from below is really good. It makes you look a little bit taller. So those angles from below always give you like a cooler look than just you standing in the street. Um, and like who said, like Angelina Jolie or someone always said this, but it's true. You clench your jaw, you lift up your neck as far as you can, then you put your head down. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to try that. And it just like <laughs> elongates your jaw and it makes you, it really changes the photo. And everyone has a face. I have a face. Everyone's always like, give us the face. Like, give me the face. Um, strong like face. Like Cat, yeah, kind of. Cat always says strong face. I know what that means. It means I wasn't giving a strong face. It's kind of like clenched jaw and kind of like squint a little bit, but don't stress your face out too much. You'll be getting Botox every week if you do that. Like you, which isn't a bad thing, but you want moderation. to, moderation, but you, you know, with a relaxed face, but still giving them a little something, something. You can't just stand there like blah. You have to like really be like connecting. Remember your audience too. This sounds crazy, but when I'm taking a picture, I'm thinking about like me posting the picture and who I'm looking at. And I feel like I'm like looking into the camera and I'm staring at them like, buy this shirt. I'm just kidding. But I'm looking at them like, you know, trying to just like really connect with the camera. Do the brands who work with you and um, hire you track how well you do for them? Yes. Most of them. I mean... We have, there's like bit.ly links, so you get like your own link and it's like swipe up and buy. And people buy stuff from me all the time. Like I have a price point. People aren't going to spend more than like, well, I don't know. Sometimes I did do this one Canada Goose project and I was on Reward Style and it was like a $1,500 jacket and like 20 people bought it, which is unheard of for that price point. That was kind of like a big moment for me. But most of the time people are buying more. I'm a huge fan of H&M. I'm a huge fan of, like, Top Ann and those brands. I love designer as well. But, like, that's what I see the biggest traction Yeah, you on. do a really good job of high-low, which I like, too, where it's something fancy and also something kind of more yeah, industrial. Like, I don't – I'm not into, like, a full – I love a full look, but I don't like a full look when it's, like, Fendi, Gucci, Prada. It's not cute. It's not tasteful. Wear one designer piece, mix and match it with, like, cheaper stuff. And I don't – no one needs a $700 pair of jeans. They just don't. Like, there's denim. You can put that, put the 700 toward a really cool Put the 700 toward piece. something like yeah. that. Like, you invest in pieces. That's what I think is special. Like, there's things I want and I invest. I put my money, if, I, if I'm going to buy a certain piece. Like, like this was a my gift to myself. Like, one of my first big jobs I got was, like, a Cartier Love Ring. That was, like, huge to me because it's, like, an investment piece. I'm going to wear it every day. It's an accessory that I'm never going to take off. And it was just special because I earned it and I did it myself. And it was like three grand. So like to spend that on anything for me at that point was like a big deal for me. So mix the high and low always. I like that. Is that kind of your approach to style in general? Or have you how did you find your style vision? God, I don't think I, to be honest, I don't think I always had. Like most people are like, I've always had the style. I, like I don't think I always had style. I think it came with age. I think it, like... I figured it out myself. And my style is a lot about my personality. Like sometimes if I'm feeling like excited, hyper, I'm a hyper ADD person. Like my my outfits always exude when I'm feeling that day. But also you could be wearing a crazy outfit and like there's some things that I haven't felt comfortable in and it, it shows through. So if you want good style, the key to having good style is wear something that you are comfortable in. Not physically comfortable, but something you feel 
yourself in. Yeah. Because if you don't feel yourself in something or you feel uncomfortable, it shows to everyone and it won't look. You could be wearing the ugliest goddamn thing and you are comfortable in it and you're confident and you walk on that carpet or not everyone's walking on a carpet, but you know, you're walking, you're walking in the street, you're going to the movies, whatever it is, but you're walking around and people feel it and people think it looks good even if it's ugly because you feel comfortable in it. Yeah, and you kind of go with, you dress the part for how you feel. You dress the part for how you feel and that is the secret to dressing well. That's the secret to style is, is being comfortable and confident in whatever you're putting on your body. What are your favorite Instagram accounts to follow? Oh my gosh, I have so many. I have girls and guys because I like love my girls. Okay. Um, for guys, I love Moti Ankari, at Moti Ankari, at Marcel Flores. He's like my big like he's like my dad he's taught me everything great style um anthony urbano he has really good style we have a similar aesthetic like street style he's really cool too those are like my boys um ryan styles is so good too oh my god he like he runs men um high fashion man i think he's gonna kill me if i get that wrong but whatever it's amazing he has great style girls my best friend danielle bernstein we were what her instagram is next she's gold she's a businesswoman she's She's a day-to-day girl. She shows everything. She does not hold back. My friend Jordan Sloan, she's gorgeous, and she has, like, this sick street style, like, sense of... It's amazing. She's taught me so much, too. Um, God, I have so many, like, girlfriends. Um, Christina Cardona, Trope Rouge. She's French. Hot. Oh, yeah. Like, she's... I, I know her. She's amazing. She's been in here. Yeah, I love her. Um... She posted all about her, um, some facials and stuff that we did for her. Yeah, she's great. And she's very funny, too. And she's funny. That's why we're friends. Like, we're both kind of like, it's all like a little crew. Um, and Serena Go, her shit's fucking, they're all amazing. And they've been doing it for so long. So to be good friends with them and to, like, you know, get tips and, like, have them kind of almost, like, as mentors. Like, it's just fun. And we all just have a really good time. And their accounts are just goals. Everyone I mention, it's just really inspiring. And we all draw inspiration off everyone. What do you think are some practical tips for people who are trying to grow their Instagram following? Because um, there are a lot of people who are going to be listening to this who want to be like you, who want to do, you know, style, street style, fashion, menswear, women's wear, um, Instagram, life, like career. What, what are some tips? Like a big as tip practical is- as you can be. A big tip is to step outside the grid, which means focus on your brand, but also outside of Instagram. Don't be hiding behind the camera. Go to as many events as you can. Network, 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 network. Have a personality. Talk to as many people as you can. Blind email people. Ask people for meetings. If you think you have what it takes and you have the personality, people would love to meet with you. People will give you jobs. People... I love this because I'm meeting so many different people all the time. That's the biggest thing about this. Focusing on your content is so important as well. Make sure your pictures are top-notch. Look at what's working. Look at what's not working. Stop doing what's not working and focus on what's working. Do you use your Instagram analytics? Yes. Um, Look at your highest impressions. Look at your lowest impressions. Because people are like, it's the time of day. It's the time of day. If a photo is good enough, people will see it. It will go to explore. Once it gets the momentum, Instagram will push it up all day. So people keep seeing it. So people think that the time the time thing is such a big subject because everyone thinks there's this magic time to post on Instagram. Yes, there's bad times. I've had photos that have done really bad and you wake up in the morning and you're like, whoa, 
because you know it's a good photo. Mm-hmm. If it's if there's something about the photo that people don't like, it's not going to do well regardless. If it's a bomb photo, no matter what, even if it's after a day, it's going to do well. That's just the way it works. If yeah. you're good at putting good content. And what's most important in terms of metrics? Impressions, likes, engagement, saved posts, Impressions. Follows. Saved posts is really, that's funny. They, I, I think that a lot of people sleep on that. I think saved posts is a really, really untapped tool that people should use more often because it shows like things that people want to go back and see. And like think about like when you're going to someone new's Instagram account, you are looking for the the posts that make you be like, I'm gonna follow this person because they're like and I feel like the higher saved photos are the ones that are the ones that catch people. It's like I'm not only gonna follow this person, but I'm gonna save their and post. And I'm gonna too. look back. And I'm gonna look back on it as inspiration. Because people are following you for inspiration at the end of the day. They wanna be able to like tap into your Instagram whenever they might want. So having those metrics, I think like use them and like saved posts. If there's a highest saved post, go off that. Yeah, I think that's so interesting because they can be wildly different. Like the, especially for um they could be so different. Content. Your impressions can be completely different from your saved posts. It's 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 crazy to me. And sometimes it's like, you know, you can get thousands of saves or you can get 43 saves. Like the other, I posted a picture of story. I got like 148, something random, but something that's like not really low for me. And I was just like, I don't get it because I thought it was a good post. But it's just people... Either, I think what that means in my own head, I have so many, I like research this stuff all the time, but I think it means that people have seen it before and that they're kind of like, they don't need to reference it back. Maybe they saved a post before that was similar, but if you think it's a good post and people aren't saving it, there's reasons. You need to think about those things. And how, how are you planning to progress? Like, how are you planning to take your Instagram account into the future, um, given that, you know, we may have reached like peak street style? Totally. I mean, we're like at peak standing on a corner with New York City traffic. We are. And that's why I change up my photos all the time, too. But also, that's the biggest point is what's next. And I'm I'm doing so many different projects right now with different brands, which is amazing. But I actually was having a dinner last night. It's time for me to focus on something. I want this to be a brand for me. I want to be like the biggest. I want it to be outside of Instagram. I can admit that. And that's what I know my future holds. I know it because I believe it. And I think I want this whole thing to turn into a lifestyle brand for me. And I want to start with health food. And I have two ideas right now that are kind of, I'm meeting with a factory. Um, something that is like kind of about to be really hot. It's kind of hot. I've actually put it on my Instagram before. Um, so I'm, I'm starting with like health food and like nutrition, fitness, and that's kind of the next step for me. But the other really big thing that I've always... My dream is TV. So my dream is to host something, do fashion reporting, um, interviews, anything like that. I just love TV. I love the camera. I love being on on the camera. I love being in front of the camera. Um, it's what I, like, love doing. It's, like, how I thrive. That's cool. So and it's this what is I sort of, next. like, the best time to be interested in that space because you never know what's going to become the next big hit because everyone's producing their own content and some percentage of those people are getting plucked out into mainstream TV. Oh, yeah, no, and that's... And I want to be above, like, an influencer. I want to be... Not above. I want to be beyond an influencer. I want to be... 
a personality. And that's what I think I try to um, put through my Instagram as much as I can. But you can only go so far on Instagram. And I have this personality that I want to use. And I'm not like bragging. I just, I am proud of myself. And I think that it's important for everyone to know their worth and like talk about what you want and talk about your goals and don't be embarrassed to talk about where you foresee your future because the universe is listening. And I really truly believe that you can do whatever you want if you manifest it and if you talk about it. Um, because believing in yourself, 0% is the key to success. Believe in the beauty of your dreams. I love that. So this is so fun. We could talk all day. We could talk like all day. This is like the best, uh, most casual and conversational podcast. And I think people are going to love hearing all your tips. But I wanted to close with one last question, yeah. which is, you know, this show is called Beauty Bosses because we're really focusing on hearing about people who are industry leaders and how they became who they are and um, kind of this backstory behind their careers. So I want to know what beauty means to you and kind of more broadly defined because it's, you know, maybe more than just a pretty Instagram photo or, you know, an, an injectable treatment or uh, what, whatever we both do. Um, but what does beauty mean to you? I want to be honest here because beauty is so important in my industry and I don't want this to come off cheesy, but I think that as I was saying earlier, beauty really does start with from within and everyone says it, but like, and don't get me wrong. I love an injectable. I love a Botox moment. <laughs> I love a little zhuzh if you think you need it. But before you do any of that, before you start thinking about changing your face and stuff, think about how you're treating other people and how you're working within your own industry with other people. I think that's true beauty is really understanding yourself and understanding other people. And if you have an ugly inside, you're definitely going to have an ugly outside. Think about any mean bitchy person who's like hot that we know there's not usually that many people that are mean and bitchy are usually the people that are most unhappy with their lives so if you're a mean bitchy person find some beauty within yourself and figure out how to beautify your life because when you get your when you have a better life and when your life is beautiful you'll it shows from the outside and then you get Botox and you get some fillers and you change you change a little something something that you might need done, which I'm a huge advocate for. And I'm happy to say that. A lot of people, even when I posted about getting, I'm like talking too much, but I have so many thoughts. We can cut it up later, right? <laughs> um, I like this. This is good. Well, seriously, like people would be like, you're too young to get Botox. You don't need all this. I got so many messages like about my eyes. Like you don't need this. But like I will sit here and say I'm a huge advocate. If you... You're not changing because you're like, if you're insecure about something, it's your body and it's your choice to do something about it. I love this. I just did an interview for the um, Australian press about this concept, like, can you be body positive and still be interested in plastic surgery? And yes. I totally think so, right? That, I, that, that if you make a little change like that, it's really a personal decision and that's where it starts and ends. It's like the, no different from, you know coloring your hair or wearing a certain color lipstick or buying a certain outfit or whatever. And as long as it's coming from a responsible place where you feel whole inside, it doesn't mean that you're a superficial, you know, airhead because you want to wear a certain kind of jewelry or you want to get your, a certain tattoo or something like that or get Botox in your forehead or whatever. No. And that's what really, really 
pisses me off in the industry because people are so many people have so many opinions about getting Botox or getting injections and getting fillers or getting like my under eyes done. It's just like, those are insecurities of mine that are able to be, you know, prevented or like treated and make a little bit better. And since when does society get to create a beauty standard or a look standard and then also police how we choose to achieve it? No, do your thing. Get, get, and if the look that you want and the look that you see yourself living in is, you know, a little bit, a lot of Botox and a lot of fillers and stuff, it may not be my particular look or my, what I'm going for, but if that's what you want and that's going to make you feel good inside, by all means, like it's your body. Yeah. And if and it's also, your body, if you, you want. that stuff, then don't do it. Absolutely don't also, do it. Also, you can get it. dissolved. Yeah. No one knows that. No one ever, every time I tell people that, they're like, what? If you do too much Botox or fillers or whatever, there's dissolves. You can get it dissolved. And so it's like, Fillers and stuff, if you're, like, playing around with something you don't like about your face, guess what? If you don't like it, it can go away. It's not that big of a deal. And, like, I get it. I get so passionate about this because the messages I get whenever I post a treatment or something are just, like, people that just have probably never done it who just don't get it, who are literally, like, so judgmental about why you're getting it. And, like, I've had some nasty things. Like, you're so insecure with yourself that you have to get, like, Botox and fillers, it's like, no, actually, it's an insecurity of mine that can be, you know, look a little bit better from a procedure, and I'm going to do it. Yeah. And if and you do don't want to blo- do it... Do you block and delete those people, or do you let them just, like, you know... If it's persistent and, <laughs> and it's incessant, then I will block them. But usually, I'm just like, I just ignore. Yeah, whatever. Um, and they're usually following me, which is like, okay, you hate what I'm doing, but you're following me, so you're a hater. Basically, that's all it means. Basically, yeah. why would you follow me and then have negative, like... Well, that's the same old story, right? Like, Howard Stern and Kim Kardashian and, like, basically anyone who's a little bit controversial, half of their fans wrestle inside about whether they love them or hate them. And it's, like, it's their own problem, basically. Exactly. So it's, like, you know, that this goes back to beauty within. And it's... I feel like... If you have beauty within and you want to get a little something done, do it. Basically, everyone do what you want with your own body because it's your body. And that's your choice and nobody else's. So no one should have an opinion. And if they do, who cares? Screw them. And you live for yourself, not for anybody else. Here, here. Here, here. <laughs> this is so fun. This is so Come back fun. anytime. Thank and you so much for having me. This like this made me feel better talking about all this. Good. I mean, this was like a therapy session. And I hope no, and I know, and I hope everyone listened really like through and through. I hope it helps a little bit. If you have any questions sure at Joey Zazic, get at me. Because yeah. I love answering people's questions and anything from anything. Don't be embarrassed. People told me the craziest shit, but I like responding and helping people where I think that I can. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, and this was a really fun time.